Hello, and welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thank you for listening this Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Topics on today's episode include interest rate lock commitments, my interview with Stratmore Group's Jim Cameron, and yesterday's stabilization in the bond market. Today's podcast is presented by Stratmore Group. Stratmore Group is a leading mortgage industry advisory firm that provides a range of advisory services and programs designed to counsel lender CEOs and senior executives. Stratmore serves more than 250 companies annually, providing solutions that increase growth and improve profitability in sales, marketing, technology, operations, and mergers and acquisitions. The company leverages comprehensive proprietary data and key insights gained through extensive experience in the mortgage industry. Find out more about Stratmore on its website at stratmoregroup.com. Income and revenue are certainly metrics whence people make decisions. Is the profit on a locked but not funded loan something a lender should count on their balance sheet? And if so, if the loan falls out, is it a real loss? If you're interested in accounting nuances, ask your CFO about interest rate lock commitments. Some institutions, like Wells Fargo, recognize gain-on-sale income at the time of a loan's closing. Other companies recognize gain-on-sale income at the time of interest rate lock commitment. For example, Rocket's S1 mentioned interest rate lock commitments 98 times. If income is booked on a locked loan, uh, then falls out, then what? Of course, some lenders want interest rate lock commitment assets on their books due to net worth minimums. And you wonder what accountants talk about. For those links, go to robchrisman.com. I'd like to welcome Jim Cameron, senior partner at Stratmore Group. He's been with the group for 22 years and focuses on the MBA Peer Group Roundtable program, managing the workshop program, as well as a team of principals on specialty consulting engagements. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Let's jump right in. Since your time in public accounting to now handling peer groups and workshops for the Stratmore Group, have the ways of measuring lender performance changed much? Well, really, the... the ways that we measure less does not change too dramatically. It's fundamentally the same. Uh, you have the usual key metrics around pre-tax net income, productivity metrics, cost per loan. So you have continue to have the usual suspects in that realm. We tend to look at things like sales force retention across lenders. We tend to look at the interplay between uh, revenue and the sales compensation across lenders. And I think the biggest difference in sort of how we look at lenders and how we measure lenders is really in the area of uh, borrower satisfaction. Uh, I think we've gotten pretty scientific on looking at borrower sat and also what uh, activities drive satisfaction. And of course, that's through our mortgage sat borrower satisfaction survey program where we can actually benchmark across uh, peers. So that's probably the, the big new thing. Um, that really is a, uh, a good uh, new view into what is driving differences between lenders on, on borrower stat. Yeah, it seems lenders are always fretting about something. In, in addition to those performance metrics you just mentioned, uh, do you have the sense that lenders are unusually worried about 2021 or anything specific this year? Yeah, there's no doubt that um, you know last year, the big concern was uh, capacity management and how in the world were people going to 
you know, recruit and retain staff that they need to get loans through the, uh, through the pipe. And so that I think is ongoing and, and into the first quarter, that's still been a concern. Although I think that the, the last few weeks uh, we have heard and seen that the hiring is kind of crested. And with the recent uptick in rates, um, I think that these concerns have shifted to, you know, what is going to happen when the refi wave burns out. And so I think that is uh, clearly the what's on the minds of lenders in 2021. Uh, you know, when will the worm turn and what will they do uh, when that occurs? And the usual arrows in the quiver are still out there, meaning, you know, as the refis wane, uh, capacity is freed up. You do things like you shut off overtime, you shut off other extraneous costs, and of course you reduce margins to try to keep the deal flow going. And then when that doesn't work, then you begin to cut into the meat and cut into the bone uh, and look at, at staffing reductions, which is always painful. We're staring down the barrel of another you know, market cycle. And because of this uptick was so dramatic, I think the fear is that the the way down will be equally dramatic and will be a, a hard landing in an industry where we're not known for soft landings. Very true. And and not only for those running companies, but also for loan officers who arguably had the greatest year of their careers last year. If If you were a loan officer thinking about moving from one company to another, other than those usual factors, uh, what are what are a couple other metrics Stratmore examines you'd use to compare two companies before making a decision? What we tend to look at is long-term market share growth, especially in purchase business. You know, if a if a company and their management team has demonstrated an ability to manage through market cycles and grow share in good times and bad, well, that's a really good sign. It speaks well of the culture, the management acumen, the the ability to be nimble. So I think the the long-term market share growth would be huge. The stability of the management team would be very important. Uh, And then, of course, the the basics around things like pricing philosophy and product focus and the ability of the ops team to appropriately manage uh, turn times and service levels on the loans in in the mortgage factory. Is the management team strong and stable, gain share, good growth? And then obviously supporting the, the, uh, the salespeople in terms of pricing and service. So as, as we go through this market cycle here, and, and arguably the less glamorous side of this market cycle, benchmarking yourself versus your peers is very important because if, if everyone's losing money, but you're losing less than everybody else, you're, you're not doing too bad. Uh, for listeners out there that don't know about the MBA Stratmore peer groups, how would you describe them? Yeah, so we at Stratmore have been collaborating with the MBA since 1998 on this program. And it's, it's known as the MBA and Stratmore Peer Group Roundtable Program. We call it PGR for Peer Group Roundtable. And it's a great program. Uh, we work hand in glove with the MBA. Uh, Marina Walsh, the MBA, and I have been working together on this for 18 years. Uh, and we have uh, over 100 companies, an all-time high. We have seven separate and distinct peer groups. Uh, we have five different data sets. And really the, the secret sauce there is that the data submitted by all these companies is scrubbed very aggressively against the set of definitions that we've continued to refine over the years. It's up to over 80 pages now. And so there's a detailed scrubbing to ensure that we have apples-apples comparisons across peers. And so 
you end up with a really, really strong data set that allows us to sort of get a view into how, for example, large banks are doing or large independents, mid-sized banks, mid-sized independents, hybrid banks. And that really is very helpful. So any lender in the country can really get a good diagnostic in terms of how they're doing versus peers, see where there may be gaps. And uh, also, I think the real key there in the program is that Marina Walsh and I facilitate the roundtable meetings, which of course were live pre-pandemic and have been virtual since then. But the meetings are really where the action is. And that is a real value add because you talk about the business issues that are driving the metrics and sort of what's behind the numbers. So our participants over the years have really said that the the meetings are, you know, the data is fantastic, but the meetings are really a huge part of the value, the value prop for the peer group. When you say meetings, is that the same thing as workshops? So the so separate and apart from the PGR, which we execute with the MBA, uh, Stratmore also offers uh, workshops to our customers. And, and those are not done with the MBA. They're just a Stratmore activity. And what we do there is we, we hold uh, workshops typically on a quarterly basis focused on certain areas of the business. For example, we have an operations workshop where we invite chief operating officers with companies both mid-size and large. Uh, and we spend really a, a six hours, so three two-hour virtual sessions to really talk about uh, detailed issues in and around ops. So all of the people-related issues, process issues, technology issues, and what COOs are seeing and hearing in the, in the marketplace. So it's a great way to um, connect and to understand what really is going on with things like turn times, what is happening on technology, how people are improving their process, and so forth. And so the ops workshop is an example. We also have a consumer direct workshop that we've been conducting for years. And now that's a quarterly workshop that is parsed into two separate groups, one for lenders focused on referral and retention activities in Consumer Direct, and another workshop focused on new customer acquisition model lenders. And so we conduct those two separate workshops on a quarterly basis. And we, lastly, we have a customer experience workshop, which is a semi-annual workshop, which is, in, you know, we invite the uh, customer experience executives and those focused on enhancing the uh, customer journey, customer engagement, customer experience. And we talk about ways that folks can improve in that area. Um, and so the workshops are really hands-on. They're very, uh, they involve detailed discussions where people can interact with each other and with Stratmore experts. And so that's been a great uh, way to uh, evaluate our clients and for us to kind of keep in touch with with people and understand what's happening at a detailed level in these different areas. Those sound invaluable. So for, for those that are interested in learning more about this, what's, what's the best way for them to uh, follow up? Well, they can certainly reach out to me at Stratmore Group. Uh, so jim.cameron at stratmoregroup.com uh, anytime and happy to chat about what we offer and if it makes sense for, for lenders to involve themselves in it. Perfect. Well, Jim, thank you very much for coming on the Crispin Commentary Podcast. I enjoyed our discussion. Excellent, Robbie. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Last week's volatility has not only quieted, but rates, as one would expect, have bounced back down from the big move on Thursday. Fed Chair Powell testified in front of the Senate Banking Committee last week, 
And despite his assessment that the economy is quote-unquote a long way from our employment and inflation goals, interest rates continued to climb throughout the week. With more fiscal stimulus on the way, the financial markets are bracing for significant increases in consumer spending that would lead to a spike in inflation. Unfortunately, consumer inflation has remained below the Fed's 2% goal for some time. Despite that, housing prices have heated up measurably. The S&P CoreLogic National Home Price Index showed a 10.4% annual increase for December, the quickest appreciation since 2014. Manufacturing data continues to point to strength as durable goods orders increased 3.4% in January. Jobless claims, which come out again tomorrow, fell to 730,000 for the week ending February 20th, although it remains to be seen whether the severe weather over the prior week had an effect on the data. Initial claims remain well above the height of the 2008-2009 recession, underscoring just how far the economy is from full recovery. Looking at actual price activity, the bond market enjoyed a little breather yesterday after its recent volatility. Treasuries stabilized after the recent spike in yields, while the UMBS 30 basis, which determines borrower rates, extended its recent tightening move in what was otherwise a relatively uneventful day. Fed Governor Brainerd said that there are some signs of stretched asset valuations, but they are not broad-based, and that conditions for tapering bond purchases will not be met for some time. Today's economic calendar is already underway, with mortgage applications from the MBA increasing 0.5% from one week earlier, for the week ending February 26th. Much of that was a rebound given the storm impact in Texas in the prior week, because rates were certainly on the rise during the reporting period. Over that time, the bank rate and mortgage news daily 30-year rates rose 21 basis points and 25 basis points respectively to 3.25% and 3.29%. We've also had ADB employment in at 117,000, week versus the 205,000 that was forecasted. Later this morning brings final February market services PMI, ISM non-manufacturing PMI for February, and four Fed presidents, Philadelphia's Harker, Atlanta's Bostitch, Chicago's Evans, and Dallas's Kaplan, before the latest beige book is released in the afternoon ahead of the March 16th-17th FOMC meeting. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse down a half, and the 10-year yielding 1.46% after closing yesterday at 1.42%. The chatter this morning continues to revolve around the effectiveness of the vaccine and an economic recovery. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Bono and the Edge walk into a Dublin bar, and the bartender says, Oh no, not you too again. (laughs) Thanks again to our sponsor, Stratmore Group, the trusted mortgage advisory with advisors who guide lenders to make smart strategic decisions, solve complex challenges, improve the borrower experience, increase profitability, and accelerate growth. Be sure to check out the Stratmore website at stratmoregroup.com. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.